Hello, hello, everyone. Now wait, I know I'm not the voice you're used to hearing when you click on the Pop Culture Collective, but I assure you, you're in the right place. My name is Taylor, aka Mother Hen, and I am the host of a lifestyle podcast on the Fourth Wall Pop Network called Views From Up Here. However, today, I am doing a takeover of the Pop Culture Collective, so you are, in fact, in the right place. And as the episode title and description implies, we are going to break down everything there is to know about the 2022 installment to the Scream franchise, Scream, also referred to in the new film as a requel, but we'll get into that in a second. Now, if this wasn't already implied, since we are breaking down the movie, there will be spoilers. Do not, and I repeat, do not listen to this episode if you have not seen the most recent Scream movie, the 2022 one that was just released on January 14th. So with that being said, let's jump right in because I am fucking pumped. I guess the best way to do this would be to talk about the newest movie and then kind of go backwards and talk about the Easter eggs and the callbacks to the original franchise. So... Opening scene is with actress Jenna Ortega. Now, don't get used to me saying the actors or actresses' names because aside from the core cast members and her, um, I'm terrible with actor names. I'm a big movie buff, but I just suck at connecting the two. Um, But I know her from the Netflix series You, and that is why her name is at the top of my head. So the opening scene is with Jenna Ortega's character, Tara. Um... Very similar to the original Scream movie in 1996 with Drew Barrymore. She answers the phone from a mysterious number or an unknown number and is taunted into answering questions about horror movies. But unlike the 1996 version, um, the ghost face killer in this movie is asking her questions about the original incidents in Woodsboro 25 years prior. So that right there is very meta in itself. It's very Scream, and I loved it very much. It was, I don't want to say my favorite element of the movie, but they started off on a strong note, and they didn't, I don't know, beat a dead horse. (laughs) Um, They didn't reprise the same kind of questions about original horror movies, which they easily could have done. And I think when I mentioned earlier, that this is considered a requel, this is one of the elements where they stayed true to the franchise, but they also updated it and revamped it. Now, pause, before I get into describing the rest of the film, I do want to address what a requel is. Um, A lot of critics that reviewed this film, the 2022 version, said that they didn't consider it a requel because it was too much like the originals. And a requel is really supposed to be somewhere in between a sequel and a reboot. Um, I personally think they did it very well. And one of the characters um, actually has a whole monologue um, towards the beginning of the film about what a requel is and what it means for the film industry. So at the very least, you should watch it for that part because she um, does a really good job with that. But resuming... Um, Tara, Ghostface, on the phone, um, he does in fact break into the house in a very, again, updated 2022 way. There are electronic locks on the house and he is controlling them from a duplicated cell phone. Um, but unlike the other four films, 
Tara does not die in the opening credits. Um, She is actually hospitalized, and this prompts her sister, Sam, to come back to Woodsboro and check on her because their mom is on a business trip, like all parents in horror movies are. So that was the first big difference that I wasn't necessarily expecting. I definitely thought she would have died, just like all of the other Scream movies, but she didn't. So very refreshing twist so far. Um, I am not going to give every nuance of the movie, just the ones that I think are relevant. But at this point, Tara's sister Sam returns to Woodsboro and is trying to figure out what happened to her sister. Why is she being targeted? And we get the sense that the sister Sam does know why. She's just choosing not to share it with people. Um, Fast forward after a couple more attacks, um, Sam decides to share with Tara why she was attacked. And this is the biggest connection to the original film so far, um, the connection that all of us fans were waiting for. And it turns out that Sam, the older sister of Tara, is actually the illegitimate daughter of Billy Loomis. I'll give you guys a second because that's a lot to process. Um, We obviously never saw Billy with anyone else in the original films. We also had no word that he had a daughter, but... Um, odds are if it was around his senior year of high school when the first film took place, the events of the Scream movie, whatever originally happened in Woodsboro, would have caused his baby mom to not want to share that information. Sam says to Tara in this conversation that she found out by going through boxes in the attic when she was pretty young, and that's when she started to um, take a turn behaviorally. Everyone in the opening credits of the movie um, recognizes Sam as a delinquent because that's who she was when she was still living in Woodsboro. And when she was old enough, she finally left to start a new life. Um, But finding out that Billy Loomis was her father was definitely a turning point in her life and it caused her to act out. So that is where the connection comes in. That's why they think Tara was attacked by Ghostface. And they're going to try to figure out who would be connected to Billy, why they would want to do this, and obviously how they can stop him. Now, the first character reintroduced from the original series or from the original film, I should say, um, is Dewey. And Dewey's not doing so hot. Him and Gail are not together. He is no longer a part of the police department in Woodsboro, and he seems to be drinking pretty heavily. But Sam, the older sister, um, and her boyfriend, Richie, make their way to Dewey's trailer and talk to him about what's happening. Because who knows better than someone who has previously been through this and previously a part of law enforcement. So they have a conversation with him and he reprises his own version of the movie rules. Um, And the first thing that he says is, you should always consider the love interest. And he sits there and has Sam kind of question her relationship with Richie. But Richie says he's never seen any of the stab movies. He's never been to Woodsboro prior to now. They've known each other for, I think Sam says, six months. And they kind of shake it off like it's nothing. And Dewey continues to give his advice. Um, He essentially tells them that he doesn't want to get involved beyond this. And he doesn't want to help them. But of course, in the next major scene, Dewey shows up to support Sam um, in her own personal investigation. And this scene is where we find out that two other characters, um, Chad and Mindy, 
are the niece and nephew of Randy. So we see a reprisal of his sister Martha from Scream 3, and there's a shrine on the wall of their home, um, pictures or a painting of Randy, and they are definitely his relatives because this is where the monologue about a requel comes in. It's his niece, um, Mindy, that gives the speech, and it's a really good one, but it's Chad, Mindy, Dewey, Sam, Richie, and um, a couple other students from the school. And they're basically sitting down having a conversation, trying to figure out who would be doing this, basically mentioning that they're all suspects because they all have connections to the original film, or at least to Woodsboro beyond being students there. And they're really trying to brainstorm together and essentially just end up accusing one another and the group breaks up. Now, this character's appearance actually happened earlier when Tara was originally in the hospital, but um, the part that I'm getting to now is essentially her death. Um, Officer Judy Hicks from Scream 4 makes a reprisal, and her son Wes is actually one of the students that was in the last scene, Um, so one of the friends of Tara, and they're Ghostface's next victims. Um, I'm not going to go through the details of the actual kill because I guess I want to leave something to the imagination if you guys are listening to this without watching the movie. But um, Judy dies first and then her son Wes dies shortly after. Now, we're already several kills into the movie um, and it's worth saying that this film of course, being 2022, you would have high hopes for it. But this film really does um, execute the gore factor very well. Scream was known for that, at least the first one, because it was 1996. It's literally slasher movie central. Um, so there obviously had to be some blood and people getting crushed in garage doors. But they really took some creative liberties with the deaths in this film, and I personally think it was top-notch. Um, Judy and Wes weren't really anything special, but this is just the point that I thought it was relevant to mention that. So Judy and Wes die, the crew finds out, and they're obviously more on edge. At this point in time, Sydney and Gail have both been called by Dewey, and essentially he says, shit's going down again, don't come back to Woodsboro, no matter what anyone says. And of course they're not going to listen. Why would they? Um, but at least I should say Gail doesn't listen, because Gail is the first one back, and we see her on scene once Judy and Wes um, are found to be murdered. And she looks great. I know a lot of people gave Courtney Cox some shit for all the plastic surgery she had, but she's still very much Gail Weathers, and I appreciated that. Her and Dewey have a very touching moment about their marriage and how it didn't work, and essentially that Dewey was to blame for it, probably why he's drinking himself into a stupor every day. Um, But it was really nice to see that even though they weren't together, there wasn't a whole lot of bad blood. Um, Obviously, they aren't what they used to be, but it was nice to kind of see them be real people and admit to their flaws and their faults and still manage to continue on and try to get shit done. Now, since the sheriff of the town and her son were brutally murdered, all hands are on deck. The news, the police officers, everyone is at the sheriff's house. And that's when Sam realizes 
there's not anyone at the hospital guarding her sister, Tara. So her and Dewey rush back to the hospital and try to make sure she's okay. Um, In the meantime, they also make sure Sam's boyfriend, Richie, is able to check in on her. And this is where um, my least favorite part of the entire film occurs. So everyone ends up arriving at the hospital. And of course, Ghostface is there. He tries to attack Tara again. He ends up slicing Richie's arm. And eventually, Dewey subdues Ghostface. And they all run to the elevator and they're trying to get away. Dewey leaves everyone in the elevator and says that he needs to finish things off because as we know from all of the previous films, um, the killer always comes back. The killer's never dead when you think they're dead. So he reloads his gun and walks over to where Ghostface is lying on the ground to kill Ghostface. And sure enough, Ghostface is not dead. Um, Dewey gets distracted and ends up in a tussle with Ghostface And Dewey dies. And that's all I'm going to say. I don't even want to talk about the details of how he died because this is definitely one of the gory ones. But (sighs) Dewey might have been one of my favorite characters next to Randy from the original Scream. And I think it was just because he was so innocent and sweet and had all of the best intentions. And while... I know something disappointing needed to happen because not everyone can come out unscathed. It just can't happen. That should not happen for the fifth film in the franchise. Um, I didn't really want it to be Dewey. I would have sacrificed Gail. Hell, I even would have sacrificed Sydney, but not Dewey. Um, unfortunately, though, I don't get to choose and Dewey dies. Um, this obviously crushes Gail and, um, I'm crying. Gail's crying. We're all crying in the theater. It's a very sad moment, but this is where we see Sydney return. Obviously Dewey told her not to, but now that Dewey is dead, she knows Gail is in town and things are getting very much out of control. Sydney feels the need to step in and fuck shit up, which is basically the only thing she knows how to do at this point. So it's nice to see Everyone that could return, returned. Um, Obviously, not under the best circumstances because Dewey's now dead, but we have our original cast back. And Sydney and Gail's advice to Tara and Sam are, you need to face this, you need to deal with it. And Sam's response is, no, we need to get the fuck out of Woodsboro. So Sam takes her sister Tara along with her boyfriend Richie, and they're driving away. She takes her out of the hospital, even though she is in no shape to be out of the hospital because she just got attacked for the second time, and they're driving off. While they're driving, Tara realizes she does not have her inhaler, which was brought up earlier in the film, and Tara and Sam both mention to Richie that they need to find the inhaler. They're obviously not going to go back to the hospital, but Tara knows that she has an extra one at her friend Amber's house. We had seen Amber earlier in the film but she's just one of the classmates. So they stop by Amber's house and there's a party. And we all know from previous movies, if there's a party, there's a problem. People are going to die. So Tara and Amber go upstairs to look for the inhaler while Sam and Richie stay downstairs. And of course, um, we have Chad and Mindy Meeks, um, the brother and sister, the niece and nephew of Randy, they're there. They're interacting with some people. And, um, 
Chad goes off into the woods and he's looking for his girlfriend that they just got into an argument and he's chasing after her. And of course he gets attacked by Ghostface. Um, his sister Mindy sitting on the couch watching the original stab movie. So the first movie based on what originally happened in Woodsboro, AKA the parody of the original scream, but not scary movie. Do you see where I'm going with this? How meta it is and how confusing the recall is. Um, but she's sitting on the couch watching the original stab shouting at the screen, just like Randy did in the original scream when they were watching Halloween. Um, She's drinking something, eating popcorn, the usual. Again, very much mimicking the original scream. And eventually she gets attacked as well. And we're starting to see things quickly unravel. Now, I only saw the movie once. I'm not recording this immediately after I saw it. So the exact chain of events after this get a little fuzzy. But essentially, Sam and Tara both get attacked. And Sam is in contact with Sydney and Gail. Um, they heard that they were leaving Woodsboro and quickly realized that they're not going to get out of Woodsboro alive or without some help. So while Sam and Tara are getting attacked in Amber's home, they're on the phone with Sydney and Gail. And Sydney and Gail notice, based on Sam's location, that she is at Stu Mocker's old house, which is now where Amber and her family live. So they immediately know shit is about to go down and they need to help. So the attacks, attacks continue in the house. Sydney and Gail are on their way and they eventually arrive at the home to chaos. Now, again, as I mentioned, details are a little fuzzy, but after some tussling, some stabbing, um, we find out who Ghostface is. And of course, there are two, just like the original. Um, the killers are Richie, Sam's boyfriend, which proves that Dewey knew what he was talking about when he said, always look at the love interest, and Amber, whose house they're in. Um, it's revealed that Richie and Amber met on a Reddit forum um, because they're both super fans. Obviously, Amber is now that she lives in Stu Mocker's house. And although Richie claimed to have never seen the movies and never knew about what happened in Woodsboro, he is very much um, a super fan. And this, again, kind of ties back to the first film about how movies don't make killers. Movies make killers more creative. Um, but in 2022, we're focusing on the toxic fandom and how Liking a movie is one thing, but being obsessed with a movie is something totally different. And their obsession has led them to bringing Sam back to Woodsboro and wanting to essentially recreate or finish um, what Billy and Stu started in 1996. So they reveal their whole plan. Sydney and Gail are now in the kitchen with them, just like in the first movie. And, um... Yeah, they get shit done. After some tussling, some back and forth, they eventually kill both Richie and Amber. Uh, Tara, Sam, Sydney, and Gail, although beat up and stabbed and not in great shape, all survive. And the movie essentially comes to a close. Now, of course, I'm leaving out some small details, um, some pieces of cinematic gold, but... I said I was going to break down the movie and talk about the franchise as a whole. So in order to give us time to talk about the franchise as a whole, 
I had to cut some things out. Um, one thing I appreciated about the franchise as a whole and how this film fits into the franchise is going back to Scream 2 where Randy and Dewey are talking about who the possible suspects are and Randy goes through his second round of movie lists uh, or movie rules, I should say. And one of the rules he says is the body count is always higher. And the second rule is it's always bloodier and gorier. And that's something that has been confirmed throughout the entire franchise. Scream 1 had seven deaths. Scream 2 had 10 deaths. Scream 3 had 10 deaths also. And Scream 4 had a whopping 14 deaths. Um, now, if you counted as I was going and told you who died, um, Scream 2022 had only seven deaths, but very meta of them. They kept the exact same number as the original film. So I like that. Um, so, and it's a requel, so it doesn't really have to stick to Randy's rules about sequels, um, and how the death count is higher and it's bloodier, but I can tell you it was definitely bloodier. So, um, that was something that I appreciated is that they brought the same death toll back, um, but they absolutely made it bloodier and did a really good job of making the audience feel uncomfy. Um, one thing I did not mention that is equally as exciting is when they talked about Sam being the daughter of Billy Loomis, um, she would have flashbacks, um, or I shouldn't say flashbacks. She would have hallucinations of Billy talking to her. And they did, in fact, bring back Skeet, um, very heavily CGI'd, but he made several appearances in the film as hallucinations, um, talking to Sam and telling her that she can't escape her past or who she is. Um, so I really loved that element as well. Some other little Easter eggs worth mentioning were, um, so in Scream 1, when Sydney was, I don't know, sharing her concerns with one of her friends, someone made a reference and said, you're starting to sound like one of those Wes Carpenter films. Now, we know Scream 1 was heavy on other horror movie references, especially um, Halloween and other Wes Craven films. So... The fact that Tara and Sam's last name in this film is Carpenter is just wonderful. Um, and obviously, Sheriff Judy Hicks's son was named Wes. So they did little things like that to kind of sprinkle the homage in there. Um, they did, in fact, bring back Robert Jackson as Ghostface. So while the actual killers were Richie and Amber, the actor that played Ghostface, because we only ever see one person on the screen at a time, was Roger Jackson, the same person who played Ghostface in the original films. Um, I very much love that because I, it just, while he might be older and hasn't done this in a while, it just adds a layer of respect to the franchise and... If you're going to do a requel, a prequel, a sequel, a reboot, whatever the fuck you want to call it, um, there need to be some original elements, and I think that's the perfect one to bring. They also had an element um, when Richie was doing his research, aka watching Stab because he claimed he never watched Stab before, he was on... Um, I think there was like YouTube clips in the background and we saw that there was a bloody disgusting video um, with Kirby from Scream 4. So we had confirmation that Kirby 
did in fact not die from Scream 4. And that was a nice little Easter egg in there. And at the very end of the film, um, after the closing scene and before the credits, there was um, a little message across the screen that said, for Wes. Now, once Wes, the character, the student in the film dies, the party that they were throwing at Amber's house was supposed to be like a memorial for Wes. And there was a banner that said for Wes. So obviously naming him Wes paid homage to Wes Craven. And then they also repeated the same message at the end of the film, basically to say this was for him. And despite him not having any hand in this, I have to say they did a very good job. And I'm sure he was very proud of the directors and producers of this film. And that's essentially the wrap up that I have for you guys. What the film was about, what my opinion of it was, how it connected to the original film, some of the little Easter eggs, which if I'm being perfectly honest, I would 100% have to watch again to pick up on all of them, Um, maybe even three or four times. But that's what I got for you guys. Now, before the episode ends, um, I feel like it wouldn't be a true Taylor movie discussion if I didn't include some trivia. So I'm not just giving you guys fun facts, but I'm actually going to quiz you. Um, I will pause in between questions to give you a time to answer, but if you feel like you need more than a few seconds, pause the episode after I ask the question and do your best to guess the answer. Um, These are some fun questions that I saw from some interviews um, with the cast of the 2022 film and some fun facts that I just personally know from the original film. So let's get started on our Scream trivia. The first question is, what is the first word spoken in Scream 1? The answer is, hello. And that was the opening scene with Drew Barrymore answering ghost-faced phone call. The second question, which two Friends actors are mentioned in Scream 2? The answers are Jennifer Aniston and David Schwimmer. Gail Weathers mentions Jennifer Aniston when um, they're sitting in the park right before Randy dies and they talk about private images that were leaked of her. And her response was, that was just my head on Jennifer Aniston's body. And a little bit earlier in the film, when Dewey and Randy are talking about possible suspects and the rules to a sequel, essentially, um, they talked about David Schwimmer playing Dewey in the second stab film. The third question is, Who was the second person to die in Scream 3? The answer is Cotton Weary. Okay, the fourth question. At the end of Scream 4, Gail asks Jill if she can say one last thing while Jill is holding her at gunpoint. What is that one last thing Gail says? The answer is clear because Sydney is standing behind Jill with the defibrillator while they're in the hospital room. And the last question, the most important of them, if you ask me. In order, what are Randy's rules to surviving a horror movie from the original Scream? 
there are three rules. The answer is rule number one, don't have sex. Rule number two, no drinking or drugs. And rule number three, never under any circumstances should you say, I'll be right back. So thank you guys so much for letting me take over this episode of the Pop Culture Collective. It is my first time recording something like this. Usually I'm talking about my bad dates or now my amazing boyfriend. Um, So hopefully you liked it. Hopefully this makes you want to go watch it again. Uh, If you have any opinions on the movie, please feel free to connect with us on social media and let us know what you think. I think... After 25 years, I mean, from first movie to most recent, and with the absence of Wes Craven, this film did the franchise justice. It made us fans happy. And I know I'm probably going to feel even better and more strongly about those feelings once I go back and watch it again. But thank you guys, and we'll see you for the next episode of the Pop Culture Collective.